This is Tonkaban episode 77. This week we'll be going over Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 28. We'll do our uh, do retry scouting report and then talk about some new series that are going to be coming over the next couple weeks. Uh, my name is Cole Greco and joining me as usual is my co-host Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? Uh, going great, honestly. Uh, over the past week I've been doing a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. probably the highlight of my pretty busy line of activities was Wednesday when I saw the Reds take on the Dodgers and we got to we had the tickets from like a month ago we actually won them in a drawing there's oh, a nice. local cat cafe that was like selling raffle tickets for various stuff to like mm-hmm. raise money for the cats and one of the prizes was this Cincinnati Reds like bucket of just random stuff and part of that was two tickets and it just happened to be the second game that super hyped MLB prospect Ellie De La Cruz was taking part in. So I got to see his first career home run and nice. a crazy walk-off win against one of the highest paid teams in baseball. <laughs> so that was sick. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he's. Uh, I feel like every every time I've seen something about the Reds the past week or so, it's just like, you know, Ellie De La Cruz runs really fast or, you know, something like that. I'm like, I guess he's, I guess he's doing well. <laughs> yeah. He's one of those players that, I mean, they're, they're like hyped prospects on every team, but I feel mm-hmm. like he's one of those people who was already a star before he even made it to the league. Yeah. He's like a Fernando um, Tatis Jr. or something like that. Exactly. Like, I feel like it's on the level or like for a prospect he's on the level that otani is for a player where almost everything he does gets it Uh a post on social media (laughs) even if it's just like beating a throw out at first base like Mm -hmm. anything he does is gonna get people commenting like yeah he he just might be the goat well there's that one i think there's some truth to it the dudes dudes like got crazy talent Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i saw there was some post yesterday where he like he like ran through the stop at third and scored yeah. <laughs> but it was like it was a bad throw and he still almost got tagged so it was like you know cool highlight but at the same time i was like i don't know <laughs> yeah i was, I was watching that and was like this is stupid but yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, if he doesn't make that then yeah you bench him but mm-hmm. If you yep. do make it, then it's a highlight. Exactly. Yeah. Since he did, it's like, damn, this guy. He's gonna, yeah, he's gonna be one of the all-time greats. <laughs> well, either way, he's he's already been uh, more impressive than uh, the Yankees' uh, shortstop prospect was, who's I think still batting under two hundred. <laughs> what's what's his name? Uh, Volpe. Volpe. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's been getting a ton of playing time though. I I mm-hmm. always forget he's like an actual new player. Yep. Uh, all right. Do we want to hop into a uh, table of contents here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the cover page and lead cover page this week goes to One Piece, uh, followed by color pages for Kill Blue, Akana Banashi, and Ichinose Family's Deadly Sins. I think first time in a while we've not had like a, a one shot. Um, and the number one spot is Blue Box, followed by Jujutsu Kaisen, Mission Yozakura Family, Sakamoto Days, and then we get a series with the new badge, New Ways Exorcist. And then rounding out the top five is Witch Watch. At number six is Me and Roboco. 
Then we get another new series, Do Retry. At number seven is Black Clover, and then followed by Lucid Samurai, Cypher Academy, and Undead Unluck at number 10. And then our bottom three go to Tenmaku Cinema, Mashal, and Fabricant 100 with My Hero Academia, Rui Dragon, and Hunter Hunter all absent from the magazine. Weird uh, table of contents. This week. I feel like we say that a lot, but there's always like Mashals yeah. in the bottom two. <laughs> you know, Tenmaku Cinema still low. Uh, Blue Box at number one is cool, and me and Roboco kind of making its way back up the table of contents. There are many other new series that have like debuted after Tenmaku Cinema that still haven't gotten their chance to like really get into the mix of the table of content yet. Mm-hmm. But like, man, I really hate Tenmaku Cinema being this low. I don't know if it really yeah. means anything yet, mm-hmm. but I-, I like this series. I think you know, even though it may not be like top five in the magazine or anything it, it it's well done it's well drawn the writing's pretty good and i look forward to reading it every week mm-hmm. so i would hate to see this one get the axe yeah I mean, I it's feel too like... early to be talking about it but like mm-hmm. i would i still hate to see it like not thriving because it deserves a lot more yeah i agree it's not my favorite series um but man, it's like it's certainly better than some of the stuff we have here. Like it's better than Elusive Samurai, better than Undead Unluck, like you know, better than Cipher Academy. Like it, you know, it. I don't know. It shouldn't be down here with with Fab One Hundred. <laughs> yeah, and, and on the other end of the spectrum, Blue Box has been absolutely mm-hmm. killing it in the table of contents, and it's in the middle of probably its most hype arc to date. Yeah, like. The sales in America, I don't think are doing super well. I still never really hear people in real life outside of my book club or people that are forced to hear me talk about it. Like, I never hear people in real life mention Blue Box, but the the way it's doing in Weekly Shonen Jump on a week to week basis, I mean, it, it's up there with JJK, Sakamoto yeah. days. I mean, it's not One Piece level yet, but. If you mm-hmm. just looked at these contents, like, you might not know that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like whenever those, uh, like, sales graphics come out and stuff, it's always, like, you know, it's up there around Sakamoto Day's level. Like, it, you know, it's doing better than, than Mashal, Undead Unluck, like, you know, these series that already have kind of anime announcements. So, you know, I feel like that, that bodes well for it, at least. Yeah, and we've witnessed the ascent of these slice of life series like uh, Blue Box, Witch Watch, and uh, Akanabanashi. Yeah, Akanabanashi. Yeah, looking for the third one. We've we've witnessed the ascent of these over the course of our podcast. And I feel mm-hmm. like now we're at the moment where they're truly established. Like it, they're not just rising series anymore; they're actually spearheading the magazine, which mm-hmm. is very cool. Well, and the craziest part about that is, yeah, we're at like a kind of a more slice of life, uh, I'd say like renaissance for Weekly Shonen Jump. And then they're missing the act- the one that's actually like the biggest hit with Ruri Dragon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like that one's, like if, that one's if, selling better than all of them. <laughs> yeah, that would be if Ruri Dragon by some miracle manages to return, like I feel like Weekly Shonen Jump could truly claim to be like a different magazine than it Mm -hmm. was a few years ago yeah i feel like part of that too is that we're seeing a lot of these more ambitious action series that probably take a lot more like manpower and time and effort to draw 
like One Piece, uh, My Hero Academia, and JJK, that they're not really like sending in their chapters consistently. Mm-hmm. Like we're getting a My Hero Academia chapter like every other week. One Piece is about to go on a like four-week hiatus, mm-hmm. which is kind of think it's kind of unusual for one piece at least for yeah. the time i've been covering it yeah so oda gets like regular breaks but this one i think he's having like eye surgery or something oh damn yeah he said he's yeah, had I like he's it. had it for a while and he was talking to his editor and was like i should probably get this surgery and he was like well just go get it then <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like we've been over the course of this podcast we've been hearing in the background all this talk about like another series drought where a bunch of new series are going to kind of fall off and they're looking for their replacement mm-hmm. i feel like we're starting to kind of get the soft launch of that next period where all of these series are like constantly going on breaks they're a bit inconsistent and mm-hmm. you know the series that are stepping up right now are not they're only shown in in name only yeah yeah or in like in tone maybe but there's not yeah there's not fights like yeah these aren't these aren't naruto and and bleach series anymore really yeah and if we had like more time and you know ability to do this it would be interesting to compare like what's going on in other magazines week to week and see if this trend carries over Mm -hmm. because i mean i obviously you can look up and see what's in like weekly shonen sunday or whatever but i'm not like following it like that yeah but Mm -hmm. it would be interesting to see if like you know there are series like blue box and witch watch that are sort of starting to take over elsewhere Mm -hmm. yeah i mean well if k manga hadn't been such a terrible app we uh we probably could have done that but uh i've already deleted off my phone because i'm like i can't cannot be asked to to deal with this yeah the (laughs) It took like one day of push notifications for me mm-hmm. to be like, no, I can't do this. Because like every five hours, it was like, read mm-hmm. the next chapter of Fairy Tale, please. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it was, you know, pay $3 to read the next chapter of Fairy Tale, even. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Um, so for Lee Cohen cover page One Piece, uh, you know, it's, it's One Piece. It's in this sort of. Uh, you know, I don't want to say flashback arc, but I guess it's uh, one of the characters sort of like telling us the story of what happened, like some stuff that we missed off screen. Um, so it's actually like pretty, pretty interesting, like very, you know, it's kind of like going deeper into sort of the, more of the like the lore and like political aspects uh, of One Piece. So that's that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, I'm liking it a lot. We've seen some some neat powers, seen the returns of like some some older hero or uh, not heroes, but like villains like Wapole who was, uh, um, I don't remember what the island's name was, but the villain from, like, Chopper's arc when he joins the crew, he's, like, oh, made yeah. a little bit of, he's, like, having a moment in this in this arc, <laughs> which is pretty funny. So that's pretty cool. We've uh, seen the return of, like, you know, Princess Vivi and uh, some of these other people. Um, so it's been, it's been fun reading these past couple of One Piece chapters. Personally, like, no idea what's going on here, but I love the color page for this coming week um very cozy kind of some like rainy day animal crossing vibes going on mm-hmm. here and the yeah. like not font but like typeface they're using in the bottom right corner has this super like late 70s technicolor palette mm-hmm. going on here with polka dots on it um this feels yeah. very 
you you can correct me here but i feel like this is kind of an unusual aesthetic for a one piece illustration it's it feels like some sort of like 70s cartoon album cover type thing but i guess it does kind of have like beatles yellow submarine Mm -hmm. vibes a lot of the time too so maybe I was going to say, yes from. yes and no. It's a little brighter, a little more like yellow and pink than usual. But most of his, like these double spread, like color pages he gets are pretty, uh, you know, are, are very similar to this. Um, yeah, his, mm. you know, I think it's it's kind of overlooked just how good his his color pages are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this one's great. Mm-hmm. And I actually even think that like the, the magazine cover for it is kind of cool too. It's got Garp and, and Kobe on the, the cover. It's the first, I feel like it's the first one piece cover we've had that wasn't just like, you know, Luffy eating like a big thing, a ham or promoting the movie. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little bland. Like it looks like the, you know, a cover that would have been on like the, the US Weekly Shonen Jump back in like, you know, whatever, 2006, but uh, I'll take it. It's all right. I mean, I kind of like it. it. It feels nostalgic because mm-hmm. there's actually a character throwing a punch on the cover. <laughs> it, you know, this this looks like the shonen we all know and love. And mm-hmm. as much as I love to see like Witch Watch or Blue Box on the cover, you know, there's something something nostalgic about looking at the cover of Shonen Jump and seeing some gritted teeth and explosions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, our next color page goes to Kill Blue. The uh, Kill Blue color page this week, pretty pretty weak. Not not the best. Um, it it just looks. I don't know. It looks like a volume cover. It's pretty bland. I think um we're like how many chapters deep into the series? I think seven, I think it's seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. I've I don't think the series is like in the top third of the magazine but that said Mm -hmm. i still enjoy it i feel like this is a series i like for something that's in the middling tier i don't have any huge problems with it to this Mm -hmm. point um and i kind of enjoy that it leans more towards like comedy and even romance as weird as the concept for the romances this like dude Mm -hmm. trapped in a kid's body who's being forced to like marry the daughter of a yakuza don but this also feels kind of nostalgic because there's nothing like super experimental conceptually or artistically it feels very much like a classic like early 2000s shonen jump title mm-hmm. with just a bit more polish that you'd expect from you know today's wave of series and i kind of like that although it's still not like doing it for me to you know take the extra step into great tier yeah yeah i i think i'm a little higher on it than you i definitely put it in that kind of you know say like that second tier of series but i think it's on the upper end of that for me i actually Every like, it's one of these series where every chapter I read, I'm like, you know, that was actually that was actually pretty good. Like I, you know, I had a good time with that. Um, sometimes with like newer series, I sort of, uh, you know, like kind of groan when I have to read them because, mm-hmm. you know, like starting out. Well, one most of the time, new series are just bad. But starting out, like it, it kind of takes some work to like convince yourself to be interested in it um yeah but kill blue i don't really have that kill blue is just like okay this is gonna be a fun time and you know open the chapter and read through it like um 
I think like Kill Blue and Tenmaku Cinema for me and you are sort of like switched in our perception of them because that's how I feel a little <laughs> bit about Ten- yeah. Tenmaku Cinema. I like Tenmaku Cinema, but it's sitting there, you know, it's in the the more like elusive samurai tier of like, yeah, it's pretty good, but it, it takes a little bit of, you know, it takes an extra push for me to to flip past the first page most weeks. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas Kill Blue is like just easy and breezy. But yeah, but both series I'm I'm enjoying. I think of, uh, you know, this kind of newer batch that we had, these four series, uh, I think we're, you know, we're, we're batting 500 at least in, in my opinion, which mm-hmm. is, is better than we can say for the, the last time we got a bunch of series. <laughs> Yeah, and I've, I've alluded to this in the past, but I think this series, I don't think it's going to be a, you can't say it's a breakout series for Fujimaki because mm-hmm. he's already had hits, like Kuroku Basketball was a pretty big series, Yeah, but for me, in my own opinion, I think this is a breakthrough series, mm-hmm. like, stylistically for him, because... I did not care for the art in Kuroku Basketball a lot. Yeah. And I actually think this is one of the best drawn series, mm-hmm. you know, in the magazine right now. The facial expressions are really well done. Um, they don't feel like these kind of stock, like, manga expressions that you usually see. I feel like there's a bit more depth to the way they're drawn. Mm-hmm. And there's a nice balance between, like realistic proportions like the characters kind of feel a bit more real and grown up they're they're not drawn with the sort of like exaggeration or smallness that you kind of see in a lot of manga series yeah they, they definitely feel more human mm-hmm. and the facial expressions kind of match that they're not super over the top and they feel more nuanced and mm-hmm. alive which yeah I what you're saying about the the facial expressions too they do a good job with the the main character because he's supposed to be like this old man and he has like all of his facial expressions are definitely like uncommon for a middle schooler in manga but line up one-to-one yeah. with like you know what would be some just like 50 year old uh like yakuza dude um so i think it, it's pretty funny that he's able to like actually portray that in you know in these drawings it's not something i've like thought about that you know there mm-hmm. there are kind of different different facial expressions used for different i guess like types of characters throughout the manga throughout manga but this series is really uh like highlighting that i think yeah and we also got the introduction of i think our first villain or rival mm-hmm. in the series and He's kind of got an interesting uh, trait here. He he's sucking on a pacifier, which um, it's like the the very interesting Yuhaka show. Yeah, I'm thinking like, is he you know is he a raver or something? Does that mm-hmm. light up on the other end? Uh, I'm very interested to know the significance of that. Maybe he's the opposite. Maybe he was like a baby who <laughs> got that that poison and it turned him into a teenager. Yeah, that that was my first thought, and I'm wondering how that can be the case if he has, you know, a pretty advanced vocabulary. Yeah, he's able to actually so speak. Yeah, probably not. Ma- maybe he's maybe he's part of the team that invented this weird like serum poison type mm-hmm. thing, and he's a he's a baby genius, something yep. like that. Yeah, but he's got a he's got a cool cool outfit on. It's very like uh, like Chinese martial arts. It's got like the the flowy robe type deal. Yeah, once again, I feel like his character design feels very, like, classic 2000s mm-hmm. 
and I think maybe part of that has to do with the uniform designs in the series. They mm-hmm. they don't feel super like modern or you know what you normally expect from a newer high school manga series. So yeah, cool to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, our next color page goes to Akanabanashi. Uh, the the actual color page pretty great. Um, the actual chapter, what well, we just got more of this guy's uh, like performance. I did like to see. Uh, it seems like this. He had kind of a, a judge that was just kind of being being a hater, um, and then he's kind of come around <laughs> at the end of the chapter, which I thought was it's cool. I don't know. I feel like I guess we'll see when he actually gets his result. But like most of the time, this happens. That guy is just gonna like keep kind of downing on him. So it's I don't know. It's fun to see a character actually like it's fun to see someone change their mind in in a manga (laughs) (laughs) yeah and this uh current rakugoka is one of my favorite designs in the series and it's really fun to see him in this context where he can be super expressive Mm -hmm. and you know his extremely thick eyebrows can balance all over his forehead yeah always fun to see that uh Big, the biggest question that I'm left with in this chapter is like, what is Akane wearing on this chapter cover page? Like, what what is this? Uh, <laughs> I, I, it looks like something that Bulma would have worn in yeah. like an OG Dragon Ball chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be like an 80s throwback outfit or just yeah. Uh, takamasa moe trying to experiment with new styles but it kind of looks kind of weird yeah she's got the got the jorts on the uh the the jacket and the crop top yeah this is a an outfit a visor incredible yeah this looks like something a camp counselor would wear in an early 80s slasher movie yep. so you know what i in retrospect i i'm kind of digging it actually mm-hmm. it's kind of giving friday the 13th yep so let's yeah, lo- love the, cook, uh, the, i guess love the high top chuck taylors with with the shorts combo that's always a, a classic yeah that's that's one thing they they can draw clothes pretty accurately like even though this is obviously manga art, it's still once again like Kill Blue feels like alive and human. Mm-hmm. So I I I dig it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Next series we have Ichinose Family's Deadly Sins gets a color page. Um. So yeah, we don't have we haven't seen the Ichinose Family's color page, but man, this one I don't know it. It just feels like we're just kind of like recycling the same chapter over and over again at this point. I guess that's that's kind of the point of the series, but it's a little bit exhausting at this point. We're we're 27 chapters in and I feel like we haven't like we're not even like into kind of the the start of the story, right? Like 27 chapters into, you know, people complain about how slow like One Piece is at the start. But like 27 chapters into One Piece you're adventuring. Like we're Yeah. I don't even know what we're like what the point of each of those families is right now. It's really sad because I was so hype on this series for the mm-hmm. first 10 chapters, and I don't think any like manga that I've read, at least in recent memory, has fallen off so drastically over the course of 20 chapters. Yeah. But I just, it's not like going anywhere, mm-hmm. and it just keeps relying on the same 
type of reveal at the end of each chapter over and over again. Yep. And it, you know, it obviously loses its potency over time. And I think maybe what could help this is to stop relying so much on the, you know, episodic 18 chapter, you know, I guess every every chapter of every series sort of has a beginning, middle, and end where it starts with like a setup and ends with a reveal because, mm-hmm. you know, somebody may be picking up the magazine for the first time. But I think that limits this series because there's so much story that needs to progress. Yeah. And making sure each chapter has like a narrative arc mm-hmm. um, well it's yeah, that, not really able to transition yeah mm-hmm. i was gonna say yeah that's my that's my issue with it is that like by this point we should have like started into an arc you know like we're 27 chapters in like you know my hero at this point you've already gotten into like a multi-chapter thing and this i feel like it's just every chapter is sort of this Every chapter has been kind of a, a monster of the week or like a, you know, a, a plot twist of the week. <laughs> like, you know, I, I want like a yeah. broader, like, let's, you know, it's been like six chapters investigating something, it, you know, with mm-hmm. what's going on here. And maybe that's what we'll get into, you know, at the end of this, he gets this note that says, don't pry into the dream. So maybe that's what we're going to do. We're going to like investigate what that means. But I have no, I have no faith that that's what's actually going to happen because it hasn't. And you know, I, I really liked uh, Takapi's original sin because it was so like a, a short contained story, but I almost feel like mm-hmm. maybe that is kind of backfiring for him here because he doesn't have, you know, the, the ability to kind of, or I guess like the experience of writing a prolonged story. Yeah, I almost feel like I just want to see the chapters instead of having like a definitive end kind of just like end in the middle of something mm-hmm. so that way you know it could be like chapter 27 but it's the first part of like a two-part chapter that ends the next week exactly. i just feel like 18 pages does not work for this series mm-hmm. which is a shame because it's such a cool concept and the art and um storytelling are cool it's just not able to you know reach its full potential with yeah. this format yeah, I need yeah, I need the next chapter to end with like basically like a, you know, join us next week where we'll go do this, thing, you know. Exactly. I, I need like that instead of at the end of next week it's like, you know, some character pops out and it's like, actually, I have amnesia too or something. It's like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um all right, so that's all of our colored pages. Number 1 spot, blue box. You mentioned it earlier, blue box is in probably it's uh it's kind of it's it's best or most hyped arc and it i mean it's it's the best thing in the magazine right now i think it's like pretty pretty far and away in in my opinion yeah and it's really cool when you can see the digital scans of the you know two page illustrations mm-hmm. because near the end of this chapter where taiki makes his big confession it's really cool how everything is split right down the middle and we get the like full page full body illustrations of each character mm-hmm. um just absolute peak yep yeah it's great i mean even this this very last like double page spread like the mountains and stuff in the background it's so well drawn if you'd like remove the words from it and stuff this would be incredible yeah and um this is a case where i'm you know the cliffhangers are really keeping me on edge i i Mm -hmm. think that uh 
you know, Ichinose Family's Deadly Sins could take a page out of Blue Box's uh, Tonkabon volume. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Let's get Tizon 5 to, to, to read a little bit of these uh, these Slice of Life series we have here. I like the, the sort of like frozen lake that they're fishing on. It's called Konami Lake, too. I'm imagining like Bomberman characters skating on the surface. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, well, the uh, so the chapters just came out uh, over here, and I'm so I'm looking at the Ichinose Family's Deadly Sins color page. Uh, not oh, the best. Yeah. So just to you know <laughs> to, me, to go back yeah. onto that one for a second, it's uh, a little bland. Yeah. Let me. Oh man. Yeah. That's <laughs> once again. I th- I think we talked about another color page or something, or maybe it was um something in Mason Akoku the other week. But we talked about it having that sort of star wars marvel Mm -hmm. poster design structure and this is the same we've got you know subasa up here facing the camera then all the other characters from the series right behind him sort of branching off in other directions Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i feel like uh last time each families had a color page we sort of dogged on it too for just being pretty pretty run-of-the-mill and you know a little bit lazy feeling and i feel like this one is very along those lines too yeah part of me wonders um because this is his first big series and the last mm-hmm. one was in jump plus sometimes i think you can tell when the grind seems to be like really getting to the author yeah and i think that may be the case with each and family like first bundle chapters were you know a little bit more detailed and a bit more ambitious on mm-hmm. the artistic front and i think as we've gone on they've become a bit more safe looking yeah, absolutely. Um, our next series, number two, Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't think we had a JJK chapter last week. Yeah, there was one two weeks ago, though. Okay. And um, we're sort of getting the continuation of the fight between Gato and Gojo. Or I guess Sukuna right. and Gojo. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there was um, a bunch of... Uh, yeah bunch of destruction and stuff uh it was yeah this was actually a decent jutsu kaisen chapter because not much uh not much text just pure pure brawling (laughs) yeah it's it's a very easy read which um you know i'm always grateful for and i Mm -hmm. did see that viz announced that the jjk you know character compendium is coming out soon which Mm -hmm. is something i'd like to pick up Mm -hmm. you know Although there are things that I'm not a huge fan of in JJK, the character designs and like personalities are pretty fun, and I think it might actually be more enjoyable to just sort of read a guidebook than the series itself at times. Well, I actually feel that way about a lot of long-running shonen adventure mm-hmm. stories. Like sometimes it's cool to just like browse the wiki. Yep, I mean honestly, it might help you. It might actually make you enjoy JJK because then you would understand what each character's like power is. <laughs> You'd have like a, yeah, a reference, I'm, a I'm glossary like... you can go back to every time they talk about whatever these star powers or something that they've been referencing to. I'm like, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> yeah, I, I might be copying that. Like, mm-hmm. it, it looks it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Next series, Mission Yozakura Family. I. Uh, Unless you have stuff to say about Michelle's Rocker family, I don't. I, I read this last chapter this My, morning. I don't like this. I don't like this series anymore, man. It's so bad. 
what I was about to say is I think the audiences may disagree with you because Mission Yuzakura family has absolutely bounced up the yeah, table of contents from like the dregs to mm-hmm. the peak. That's and crazy. That's all aligned with this new like Muppet Babies version of Mission Yuzakura family that debuted a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I guess people people are liking the kids. Um don't understand why terrible designs um just obnoxious occasionally creepy humor and storytelling yep this series needs to end badly yep we are at least getting a return of two of the other uh like yozaka fan members two of the the better ones or maybe the two best ones to be honest so so maybe this next chapter will actually be like pretty decent but man that like I was reading through this one this morning and it felt like it took me 20 minutes to get through because there one, there's so much text, the background, there's like four or five pages where the backgrounds are the exact same in every single panel. It's just these like swirls. Mm -hmm. It looks so lazy. This, I have very little positive things to say about this series anymore. Yeah, it, it sucks. Um, number four, Sakamoto Days. We finally got the uh, the end of the the flashback arc. So uh, I guess I'm like more excited for this upcoming chapter. Uh, to be honest, uh, finally, yeah, finally yeah. out of that. I kind of liked uh, this dude kicking the volleyball around too, mm-hmm. and um, the new characters that have been introduced at the end here have some cool designs too. This uh, Harima guy has. Some sort of like sigil or face paint on. <laughs> just has a swirl sure on is. his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm down for that. Yep. Yeah. Um. Next up is uh, New Age Exorcist. Um. Yeah, New Age Exorcist also is atrocious. <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting worse and worse mm-hmm. with each passing week. Um, I I think we can safely say this series has already given up on any like storytelling or action and is leaning all the way into fan service yeah which uh the author is unfortunately completely inept at as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's oh, man yeah once again like you can't you can't do etchy series when your care when you make all of your characters look hideous like what yeah <laughs> I think my my new a new thing that I've discovered about the series that I really hate is that like even though the character designs aren't very detailed, for some reason they insist on drawing like each individual tooth in the character's mouth. I was just about to mention when that. They, <laughs> yes. when they're speaking. I've never seen this level of detail put on the teeth before, and yep. it's, like that's that's the part of the body that I feel like creates the most like creepy uncanny valley effect when you put mm-hmm. on the cartoon characters and yeah it looks awful it looks horrendous yeah it's it's terrifying it's like it, it makes me think i have like some sort of phobia to like drawn teeth or something <laughs> like because it yeah these these panels are are horrifying anytime someone has their has their mouth open like just just draw like the block white teeth like every other series does Undead Unluck has better yeah. teeth than this. And I'm serious. I think, like, if OpenAI Labs just, like, let loose and just created its own manga series, I'm actually, I've been saying this the past few weeks, but now I think I'm 
I think it would actually be better than this. Like, oh, absolutely. Maybe there'd be an extra finger or two on some of the characters, mm-hmm. but at least there would be an interesting gimmick for me to hold on to because yep. here we have to... We, we have to reckon with the fact that a human could produce something this generic and lifeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is someone like giving their giving their all every like you know we've talked about how like grueling it is this is person someone is like grinding out these chapters week in week out and for and for what man like uh it's just yeah it's I'd horrible like, <laughs> what editor is the creator of new ways exorcist related to that's all i gotta uh, that's all i gotta find out because mm-hmm. yeah but also like that <laughs> what poor editor got got assigned to this series because <laughs> it was like a i think it was a contest winner so it was probably like yeah this one it's like okay you know you're you're gonna go do this one they're probably just like groaning like great <laughs> yeah i was i was looking into it this week because i was trying to figure out like you know how did this get published and mm-hmm. i did see that the the one shot version of this actually was pretty hyped it, it came out like you know, over the course of the time we were covering the magazine oh, under a different title. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, some people liked it, I guess. Yeah. I might have to see if there's a, uh, if the, the one shot got scanned later, I would be interesting to see how similar or different it is. <laughs> as we, as we've seen, um, looking at Reddit and, uh, manga plus, uh, people just eat up anything. So, Mm-hmm. can't you can't trust the reader's judgment yeah. on these things that's true um number five witch watch um i feel like i don't recall what the last chapter was a, but i remember liking it um yeah oh At yeah the this was hilarious character popularity poll mm-hmm. yeah um but man yeah i actually thought that this chapter was was great i was like literally laughing out loud a few times while while reading it <laughs> Yeah, this one with like um with Kago, and that's not his name. The the blonde dude getting like trapped in some sort of spell Kong. that causes him to yeah, mm-hmm. he makes this weird like shape with his body and shouts out the word Wednesday anytime somebody around him laughs. Um this definitely we've been saying this about a bunch of the recent chapters, but this one definitely feels like a sket dance chapter where somebody mm-hmm. swallowed a weird like potion or drug. Yeah, this was yeah, if you had swapped Khan out with like Bosun's uh like character model, it would there would be no difference really between this and like a a normal uh sket dance chapter, you know, like replace the magic with one of uh the teacher's like crazy drinks or something like that. And it's like, yeah, this is just one hundred percent. There's there's no difference between the two at all. Yeah, and and like we said last week, um the boy Kago won the character popularity poll result, which is mm-hmm. kind of kind of a surprise, honestly. Like I've I've always liked him as a character, but Usually, you know, first or second place, you're going to get, like, Morihito or Nico. And mm-hmm. Nico came in fifth place, which... Yeah, she got crushed. She's, she's like, she's the cover star of the series. That, mm-hmm. That's kind of nuts. I will say, though, like, if I had to do my own personal rankings, she probably is down there in, like, five or six. She's not actually that great of a... Or that interesting of a character. She's got a little bit of, like, Chinatsu syndrome, where she's just a little, yeah. a little too plain. 
And as we've said in the past, um, this is probably the only like reverse harem series in Shonen Jump mm-hmm. history. So <laughs> obviously the the boys are going to win out 99% yep. of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, number six, me and Roboco. I didn't think this most recent me and Roboco chapter was particularly uh, good. It was uh, kind of like idol based, I guess um and so was the last one too i was yeah. kind of surprised by that mm-hmm. they're going all in on the the oshinoko uh like references mm. um but yeah i didn't think this one was all that good it's got it's got some like kind of funny panels but they're only funny in the sense of like it's absurd to look at which i don't think uh, yeah. is like all that great at doing yeah i feel like um the Ichigoki's under control artist did this sort of like mm-hmm. gross out body horror stuff better. Yep, yep. Um, our next new series is Do Retry. You know, I feel like I've said the past few weeks, like I don't like Do Retry, but it's it has improved. <laughs> I I like it. You know, we were really harsh on it the first chapter. It's definitely gotten better <laughs> since then. Um, I still, you know, if if we could cut it today, I would put my vote in for yes. But you know, it's it's serviceable as a bottom two or three series. You know, it's I think it's a little bit closer to something like uh, I don't know, Aliens Area than it is a, an Earth Child. Maybe. Yeah, I'll give my uh, I'll give my scouting report scores at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I do feel a bit better about it than I did week one, yeah. But I don't know. I can't get over this uh, <laughs> sort of like dude with the one huge the giant arm. arm. Uh, yeah, it's his uh... facial expressions really unnerve me. Mm-hmm. I, they don't like draw his nose half of the time so sometimes he just looks like you know his eyes are melting into the bottom of his face mm-hmm. oh i mean there's some some gross art in this like the the bottom uh the bottom right panel on the second <laughs> to last page i don't even know what's going on with the guy's face his mouth is yeah. <laughs> is on the side of his face yeah. It, yeah. it's pretty bad mm-hmm. um, number seven black clover um it's black clover and i don't even think we got a chapter last week so um no no chapter last week so really nothing kind of to to mention about black clover um number eight elusive samurai kind of same deal with with it it's just doing you know the elusive samurai thing um cypher academy do you have any notes on on it i feel like it's you know it's kind of in this same thing i will say Based on like table contents rankings, it might it might actually like live a little bit because if we're gonna get two new series, Fabricate One Hundred I think is definitely the next one getting axed, and then like mm-hmm. the you know we can talk about it once we get down there, but like then Mashal might just end, so like Cipher Academy might be, it's gonna crack thirty chapters. Yeah, I think I think we might even get to forty at mm-hmm. this rate. Yeah. Um. But yeah, nothing really new about this chapter. Uh, same old, same old. You know, mm. pretty good. Yep. So yeah, we're gonna get we'll we're gonna reading. get forty Cipher Academy chapters. And I'm gonna have no clue what any of them were about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, number ten, Undead Unluck. Uh, we finally finished this uh, wretched space arc. Um, so oh, you know, yeah. hope hopefully we get something decent because we have back to back just brutal, brutally awful arcs, and actually. I forgot this too. The end of 
uh, I guess the middle and end of this one, we're getting our kind of like world martial arts tournament arc. So oh, I actually am sick. like genuinely interested in that. So yeah, this, uh, you know, maybe the first time I'm kind of looking forward to an undead unlock chapter in like, you know, 15 or 20 weeks. Yeah. That the editor must've stepped in. Mm-hmm. That's the only explanation for a world tournament arc in 2023. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Um, at number 11, Tenmaku Cinema. We talked about Tenmaku Cinema a little bit, but I thought this chapter was was pretty decent. I I think that, that Tenmaku in particular is actually pretty un, underutilized. Anytime he's actually like in here like saying stuff, I think he's actually pretty pretty good. Um, so I wish yeah, we got a little bit more of, of this series. Mm-hmm. Sort yeah. of like giving meta commentary. Um this was a bit of like an ambitious setup for a chapter two where they're trying to film crowd shots secretly during school, which requires the artist to actually draw a bunch of crowds in many of the panels. So mm-hmm. I respect that. And they pulled it off pretty well. Yeah. And I also like the sort of drawing of the shot they get where the people's faces are blurred in the background mm-hmm. um cool use of like focus yeah and uh you know one thing i'll say about this too is i feel like you know sometimes these series can get a little ridiculous and you have to you know you have to turn your manga brain on but this one you know they're kind of their setup and their plot to how to get this actually felt kind of realistic i mean i think people would have noticed someone pushing a cart behind these uh plants but you know (laughs) i mean maybe not like depending on how fast they're going and stuff like this is i feel like it wasn't like the most unrealistic thing ever it was it was at least more believable than uh this guy seeing a a hot girl in a bathing suit and being like let me get my camera out and film uh Which, you know, that would have um, would have called the cops on that one. So <laughs> there was an improvement there. Yes. Um, number 12, Mashal. Uh, we're... Mashal has like two chapters left, right? Like, <laughs> this series is done. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I'll, I'll give it to Hajime Komodo, though. He really, like, went all out on some mm-hmm. of these panels here. This oh, yeah. one where we've got the the big bad summoning lucifer and doing this attack of like divine punishment uh that that panel is up there with mm-hmm. some of the latter parts of chainsaw man part one in terms of like detail yeah. and just insane like cosmic uh i don't even know it, it it's just a lot of intersecting rings and celestial lights and mm-hmm. arms everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this chapter was was fun to get through. I this was like a a prototypical Mashal chapter where like you have all this kind of like serious stuff, like you said, in like these great panels of uh yeah, this like Lucifer thing, and then there's also just like this random dude with a ripped shirt who's. Like he's in here only for gags. I don't even remember this character. Like, yeah, this was he's a, like in chapter one, like okay. one of the first pages. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a this is a Mashal chapter through and through. I think the only problem that I have with this one, because I think this is like one of the better Mashal chapters, is that you know this series sort of was supposed to be a parody of not just Harry Potter, but One Punch Man. Mm -hmm. And now that the series is like, you know, ending and having to take itself seriously, 
it kind of plays out exactly like the recent arcs of one punch man Mm -hmm. down to like the gags and the story beats Mm -hmm. so i i feel like the fact that this series had to end in some way is one of its biggest weaknesses even though it's like what are you gonna do yeah 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 this isn't a series that can run for a thousand chapters like one piece but it also means that the ending is gonna feel a little a little tired yeah um, and then number 13, Fabricant 100, uh, this series is still bad and I'm very happy to see it, to see it down here, uh, scraping the, the bottom of the table of contents. Yeah. I don't even have anything to say about it. It's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hoping all signs are pointing to it getting axed, but you know, let's, uh, let's hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and then next week we have the start of a, a new series, Asami Kakaru. Um, I think this is the one. So there's two new series starting. I don't remember. I don't know what the next one is called, but I think this is the one that's made by the uh, uh, Honomaru Sumo artist. And I think this one's about like martial arts. So I guess this artist is all about like the you know the the East Asian fighting uh, stuff. So that's kind of cool. I, you know, we're gonna get. Uh, the kind of crappy post-war boxing manga and uh, a martial arts one running at the same time. So yeah. you know, we'll really be able to compare like just how bad do retry is at, at some of these action panels. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have to compare it to um, our last martial arts series that debuted around the time that this podcast actually debuted uh Nehru way of the martial artist, which oh, man. we kind of forgotten about, but is up there with some of the worst series we've read. Yeah. And also Nehru started two years ago. It was a year before this podcast Whoa. started. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even feel like <laughs> Yeah, Nehru is, yeah, that's one I forgot about too, and damn, man, you want to talk about, like, a completely forget, or, you know, forgettable series, that is, that's the definition of it. Wow. Jeez. (laughs) I'm trying to remember what debut, because I think it, like, debuted along with something else. Along with Red Hood. It and Red Hood were, like, at the same time. Okay, yeah, that was... Mm-hmm. That was an unfortunate batch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, I'm actually looking at it now the the cover, uh, like the the volume covers for Nehru, actually kind of cool. the The third volume looks pretty sick. Oh yeah, these are these are well drawn. Mm-hmm. I feel like the art for that series was definitely not its weak point. It, yeah. it had some like decent backdrops and like mm-hmm. it definitely had a style that you weren't seeing in other series i think the problem was just that like the writing sucked yeah the writing sucked and the fights were were pretty lame but yeah the, the like art itself was was all right it was it was cool because it looked uh it looked like it was from like you know 1992 or something yeah um all right Jude, do we want to hop into our do retry scouting report yeah, so uh, if you haven't peeped the previous episodes that have one, um, we're rating this on the same scale that baseball scouts rate up-and-coming prospects. Uh, each sort of intangible ability is rated from 20 to 80, 20 being absolutely just like bottom tier, the worst you've ever seen, 80 being absolute god tier. And then I'll give my prediction for how long this series actually lasts. So 
I'm using the different like criteria for my anime list ratings and just porting them over to my format. Uh, so in terms of story, I think do retry story is going to be a 35. Um, I think personally, there's nothing in this that stands out to me as super unique other than its setting, which is in post-war Japan. Mm -hmm. I haven't really done a whole lot with the setting yet. No. Um, To me, there's a lot of classic manga cliches like, you know, boxing tournaments, uh, someone accidentally falling in with a Yakuza who turn out to be, you know, not as bad as they actually expected Mm -hmm. and a sick sibling that someone's trying to raise money for just like a lot of tropey things all mismatched together and Mm -hmm. i think the setting is the only real thing that's like making this stand out from any other series yeah and even then like you said like the setting they haven't actually utilized it that well it's basically only purpose is so that you know, there's an excuse for, like, why his sister is sick and he can't just, like, get her help. That's basically the only thing the setting yeah, exactly. is doing. <laughs> um, art, I'm going to give this a 30. And honestly, I might give it a 20 if it weren't. Mm-hmm. If the art were actually better, it might be a lower score. That That's how <laughs> bad this art is. It's, like, so weird and off-putting that, to me, it, like, accidentally... It has pushed itself into avant-garde territory. Mm-hmm. Like the characters are twisted into these impossible contortions. The the faces are constantly going off model to the point that they're actually like kind of expressive in a <laughs> sick way. And it's got this weird, like shiny, smooth digital sheen to it that is also kind of disgusting, but sort of works for the tone of the manga, which is really sadistic and violent. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I like the art, but it's distinctive for sure. Yep. Yeah, the art is so bad that it's it's kind of leaned into the like, well maybe it's on purpose uh to like, you know, make you feel like a little bit unsettled. So yeah, it's it's got that going for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, for character, I'm also going to give this 35. Once again, it's just a bunch of stock characters. And the only thing that really stands about, about about the main character is that he's kind of like a masochist and enjoys like being beaten to half to death. So I don't know. Like, is that really a unique trait, though? Or are they just sort of leaning into something that lies dormant within every shonen protagonist Mm -hmm. like he always gets back up that's something that you know you could say about pretty much every shonen mc so once again like 35 there's just like nothing really original going on here Mm -hmm. that said i'll give it a 40 for enjoyment because as i mentioned with the art it's like such a weird series that I do find myself curious to open it every week just to like see where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate like how sick and violent it can be. Like seeing a kid get like punched in the face with a boxing glove that has thumbtacks taped to it and like a metal plate hidden underneath the like between the glove and his fist is like pretty, pretty gnarly. So 
at least it's doing something different and that is like pushing the envelope for what's acceptable to show in a shonen manga in 2023 so it's not boring i'll give it that yeah and as far as potential goes i'll give it a 40 because i think it's already hit the floor of how bad it can be and it's already started to pick itself up so maybe maybe it'll get a little bit better although i can't see it lasting for much longer than 25 chapters Mm -hmm. just like after seeing a bunch of new debuts you can tell this one's not going anywhere yeah it's it's getting axed at you know maybe not the first opportunity because right like ichi or uh ichigoki's is one that got they got axed like the moment it possibly could at like 17 chapters (laughs) this probably survives past that somehow it is a about half as good as Ichigoki's was, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna end up in that yeah that that twenty five chapter range, like basically the the first or I guess the second real opening they could they could drop it. It's I imagine it's gone. Yep. Um. All right. Well, Jude. Uh, so that does it for uh, Weekly Shonen Jump. Do we want to uh, go into some other kind of manga recommendations or updates on stuff we've been reading this week? Yeah, so um, I've been poking around on the Viz app a little bit and read through a short story collection by Natsume Ono. Uh, The title is Tesoro. And this is like a sort of collection of smaller stories by an artist who's not like a household name, but she's made a bunch of series that have you know sort of become underground hits uh a lot of people know not simple that's one you like see in bookstores occasionally Hmm. Uh, all her all her major series came out in like the 2000s and have this very like wiry kind of like sketchy style that i've said this about a couple other series but kind of falls into that weird like western manga crossover like scott pilgrim stylistic range Mm -hmm. um and these some of these were written while she was like writing doujinshi like zine type comics living in uh italy doing a study abroad program so some of these are set in japan and some of them are set in italy but they're really like short really concise stories that are kind of heartwarming and surreal at the same time um it, it really feels like reading literary fiction like like a john cheever short story or something like that mm-hmm. um they're really well done and really stylish and it's just like a pretty easy read to like blow through in an afternoon i, I enjoyed say, it quite a bit yeah looking at it, it looks like some pretty short chapters like 14 15 pages this looks this was pretty cool i, I love this uh this art style yeah it definitely like you can clock it for 2000 like the year 1998 through 2005 pretty easily Mm -hmm. and you can definitely see how it's influenced a lot of people too it it feels very much of its time yet a bit ahead of its time yeah it's very uh it was a little bit like uh tayo matsumoto's stuff like the guy who did did ping pong it's a little um it feels like a more basic version of that yeah, and 
I've never, I don't really know anything about this particular series, but she created this series called like ACCA or ACA that got an anime a few years ago. And mm. I remember working at a library seeing us like getting some of the physicals for it. Oh, so I guess that was like a bit of a recent hit for her. But mm-hmm. I think for m- most of her career, she was kind of like lumped into the underground cult comic scene among like a bunch of other western artists like Mm -hmm. daniel klaus more so than like manga by western readers i remember before i was reading manga i would like flip through some of her stuff at the library when i was a kid because i just thought Mm -hmm. it looked cool Mm -hmm. um my manga recommendation i've not been reading a whole lot this week but uh, i'm gonna recommend sandland by akira toriyama i think i've recommended that before but uh it just had a, a video game announcement this week um and i saw oh, like shit, a cool. lot of the yeah a lot of the comments were like you know why is sandland getting a thing like no one cares about this and like actually sandland is is pretty sick definitely like <laughs> should should check it out if you like any of akira toriyama's other stuff um so yeah peep that it's got a one of the few good kind of like desert settings in fiction that I've ever seen. Uh, I think desert is a pretty terrible locale usually uh, in video games, in manga, in movies. Um, but Sandland is sick. So uh, yeah, get get familiarized with that before you go buy that game. Or there's also an anime movie coming out uh, too. So, you know, get uh, get familiar with the, the Sandland uh, universe before uh, yeah, the, the Sandland. Uh, I guess cinematic and video game universe opens up too. <laughs> yeah, l- looking at the you know video games and uh, movie screen caps, mm-hmm. I actually think that Toriyama's art style translates pretty naturally to CGI. Yeah, definitely more so than other artists because mm-hmm. he like he has such like a and I such think like this a especially goes style. for stuff. Yeah, like, I think this even more than Dragon Ball, because there are a lot of, like, you know, small, Mm -hmm. cute creatures, I think his, like, more simple art style translates to this setting a lot better than, like, Studio Ghibli does, because they did put out that, um, I've already forgotten the name of the movie that they put out a couple years ago that was in CGI, but... I had to, like, turn that off after 10 minutes, (laughs) because it was trash, Mm -hmm. but, like, Toriyama's stuff is so like simple and cartoony already that I think it looks great as a video game. Yeah. Well, I think it, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but like he's also, he's had experience with drawing for video games. Like, cause he's, you know, he's been doing the art yeah. for Dragon Quest for so long that like, you know, the moment they went to like 3D shell cell shaded stuff, you know, I wonder, I wonder if he like, I mean, it's, Every like even early Dragon Quest, it's like very clearly Toriyama, but you know he. I think he also has some experience with like this is going to be three dimensional. Now Sandland isn't that way because it was you know it was always just a one volume manga, but I think there's there's probably something something there. Yeah, and this is maybe like a converse a longer conversation for another time. But I've been enjoying some of the newer CGI anime series like. 10 years or like five years ago there was some pretty like hideous cgi coming oh, out in they the were anime unwatchable. realm yeah like that berserk series mm-hmm. but you know as we've seen like in america more like ambitious cgi animation coming out i think 
it's starting to reach that point in Japan as well. Like, I thought Chainsaw Man looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And this, like, what I'm seeing from this and the most recent Dragon Ball movie, like, I think it's getting to the point where they're starting to hash out, like, what anime CGI can be. And mm-hmm. although I still, like, obviously prefer 2D animation, uh, I, I think th- I think there's some cool stuff happening within that realm as well. Yeah, well, even if you go past, like, you know, weekly or, like, seasonal anime and go to, like, uh, some, what is it, like, Stand By Me Doraemon or that new uh, Crayon Shinchan movie, those have a really cool mm. CGI look to them that I think works really well. So, I'd, honestly, I would like to see more of that. Like, if you're going to do an anime movie, do, like, that kind of style. I think that's what the, the Sandland movie looks a little more like those than it does you know some like the the cgi seasonal anime i know there's probably you can't really do that for a whole season of a tv show i'm sure it's really expensive but you know if uh yeah if we have to get a a a movie then let's make it look a little more like that yeah that that loop in the third movie looked sick i I Mm -hmm. never saw that but the 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 clips i did see looked cool yep um all right jude do you have any uh last minute recommendations for us before we head out yeah, uh, speaking of, like, underground Western comics, there was a, like, store that opened up near me that's been selling more titles within that publishing sphere. So I paid them a visit the other day and bought the first of two issues of the now-defunct Good Boy magazine that was being published in, like, 20... I think, like, 2020, maybe 2019 by silver uh, sprocket press Mm -hmm. um i remember this coming out because a lot of artists that i follow on instagram uh benji nate and matthew or michael sweater uh whose comics i've liked for a while they sort of tried to get into the editing and publishing sphere by launching this magazine um and there's just like a lot of different artists that are sort of within their circles represented within both of these issues mm-hmm. um but they're still available to purchase via silver spot uh, sprocket press so if you're into like manga inspired western art you'll probably dig this i especially like the benji nate stories that are in both of these issues in issue one uh she did a story about a retired magical girl who has like a mommy blog which i thought was a really cool idea Mm -hmm. and i also like her stories that she's done outside of this magazine uh she used to do some for vice called cat boy which was about a girl who's like cat turns into an anthropomorphic roommate which i thought were pretty fun that was that was like in 2013 2014 maybe when vice was still actually publishing comics Mm -hmm. but that was pretty cool yeah this looks yeah i'm flipping through it uh right now this looks pretty cool yeah i I enjoyed it and it's like uh, it's definitely like one of those cheaper magazines with like pulpy paper which Mm -hmm. i i always really like that format and i think it looks good for comics yeah mm-hmm yeah this was cool i like this uh this like mario uh like parody one in here <laughs> oh yeah hot man <laughs> yeah it looks awesome that, that is good um my recommendation this week is gonna be there's a new york times article called hardcore punk is looking and sounding different now which is a uh, 
just an abominable headline, I have to say. But uh, <laughs> the article's by Hank Schneemer, Um and it's pretty co- it's pretty good. It's uh you know it talks about like how you know uh, like a lot more people of color, women, and like queer musicians in in hardcore. Um, and I think it actually does a pretty good job of like digging deep into the kind of hardcore community. Uh, Cause most of the time people talk about hardcore in kind of mainstream press. It is a uh, not that well researched. It's, you know, I was talking about, there's yeah. a, there's a review of uh, one of the vain albums that likens it to Dillinger escape plan and botch, which I guess kind of, but not really. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, but this actually, you know, this does a, a pretty, pretty good job i don't know if the writer is you know how entrenched they are in the the kind of hardcore scene but either way they they talk to the right the right people um about this one so that was that was kind of refreshing to to see and yeah it's just a a pretty good article i guess i i shouldn't be that surprised it is the new york times but you know that hasn't stopped uh publications like this before from being like have you heard a turnstile (laughs) Um, yeah so yeah uh, the photos in this are great mm-hmm. yeah and i mean some of these bands like you know there's a bunch of photos of this band zulu which they're they're like getting big but that's not a that's not like a, a big band even amongst hardcore right like they're not like headlining festivals or anything like that so uh i thought that was pretty cool but yeah this is a it's a yeah. it's a good article and just you know kind of uh refreshing to see you know kind of punk music talked about in what feels like an intelligent way um so yeah uh, yeah it's it's cool to see a cu space cowboy mentioned in such a high profile <laughs> yep. outlet mm-hmm. uh because i'm not like super into like the hardcore sphere but mm-hmm. i do know cu space cowboy because they used to like some of their members used to be super active in the like tumblr bedroom pop like math rock scene that i used to be like super mm-hmm. deep into so that's funny it's been kind of weird to see their transition into this sphere yeah into like being an actual like a, a pretty big i feel like they don't really play like the hardcore festivals and like the hardcore tours as much anymore but i almost feel like that's because they've kind of like they've they've advanced past that where they don't really need to like they're they're actually pretty pretty big now which is honestly shocking like (laughs) would not have thought that when they were first popping up because like back back in high school they're like original bands i would have lumped in there with like where alex g and Mm. like elvis depressly were Mm -hmm. at that time yeah and now they've like totally maybe not alex g but Mm -hmm. they've like totally surpassed like everybody else in that scene like transition into something like completely different Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah, that's my that's my rec is check that check that article out. Um, well, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, next week we'll be going over issue twenty nine of Weekly Shonen Jump and probably doing the uh, the New Ways Exorcist uh, scatter report. So you know, I'm sure everyone's really waiting for our I'm thoughts on to that. on that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll also be getting a, a new series. So yeah, uh, yeah, tune in on Sunday and then on Thursday we'll have our next episode of. Um, uh, Mason Okoku going over volumes five and six. So if you're keeping up with that with us, uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, as usual, hit us with the reviews on Spotify or iTunes or wherever. And uh, thanks for listening.